Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heartwork Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way, through online programs, groups, and one-on-one spiritual guidance. I walk with people along a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I'm here with Jeanette, uh, my friend, and we're here talking about resolutions going into the new year. Right, Jeanette? Always an interesting topic, sister. Thanks for inviting me. I have a feeling we talked about this last January. Mm-hmm. But of course, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about it again next January. <laughs> but everybody talks about it at this time of year. And I, I think as I'm speaking and thinking about it, um, my ideas about it really reflect where I am in my relationship with God, um, my journey of the spiritual life. So even though I speak about it and we speak about it together um, every January, we speak about it in new ways. And I think even for our listeners, every January, you're in a new place. And so exactly. As you think about resolutions for the new year, or you're listening to other people reflecting on resolutions for the new year, you also are in a different space. You've been through a year of development and growth and transformation, and you are hearing things from a different space. I think also you end up having different priorities because every year ages us another year. And the priorities that you had when you were thinking about resolutions in your 20s are going to be very different from the resolutions you're making or thinking about making in your 50s, for example. Mm-hmm. And every means- year brings us a little closer <laughs> along that continuum. So our priorities change and they shift and, and, and we're, our interests change. and the depth of our relationships, both with God and with other people change. So of course they're going to be different. When I think of walking into a new year and wanting to do something different in my life, to be different in some way, I kind of feel like I'm a bit lazy. (laughs) And I have these four qualifications for what I feel um, a successful resolution should be. One, it needs to be fast acting. (laughs) the second it needs to provide results that last the third it cannot be too hard to keep and the fourth i don't want to have to wait too long till i see results (laughs) in some ways sister i think you just just described a really good laundry detergent as well (laughs) (laughs) 
detergent is an interesting way of looking at resolutions too. It like is. Going into the new year, there are parts of our lives of maybe the way we think, um, the way we feel, the way we relate that maybe God's helping us see we need to like clean up a bit. And our resolutions or our, our decisions, our desires really act kind of like that detergent to help us um, freshen up the load of laundry, freshen up our lives um, so that we can begin on a new foot. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that I'm thinking about today is something that we spoke of um, briefly on our last podcast, which was to think about um, instead of events and so on, but to think about foundation, the foundation of our life in Christ, the foundation of our life in terms of what is essential and important to us. And in a way, I mean, I was being a little facetious when I compared these resolutions that you gave the criteria um, to a laundry detergent. But in a way, you know, that you can compare them to a whole lot of different things. Um, I think that last time I shared with, with our listeners the fact that I had broken my arm. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that follows a break is that you get all this physical therapy, which is not pleasant. Um, very necessary, but not pleasant. But as I was doing my physical therapy exercises every day, um, what I kept bearing in mind was that this isn't just exercise for the point of exercise. This is exercise for the point of strengthening me and making me whole again in many ways. I had been broken. It's a little obvious, but true. I had been broken. And these exercises were a way of making me whole. And in a sense, you know, I look at these criteria that you talk about um, for resolutions, and I, and I do compare them to these exercises, that these resolutions and, and these criteria for making them work um, bring wholeness back to our life. They're ways of getting at that foundation, at getting at that, that sense of who I am in relation to God and the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's an interesting um, comparison between exercises and resolutions. When I think of resolutions, making resolutions, I have in my mind at the end of the year, I want to weigh 30 pounds less, or I want to have uh, crawled up the career ladder one more, you know, one more rung or I would like to move into a new house or whatever it may be, start a, a class, um, be with my kids, be nearer to my kids, whatever that may be. But it's far off into the future. Right. So my resolution, even if I break it down into tiny steps, it's myself trying to reach something outside of me mm -hmm. almost and a goal Whereas an exercise in the way you described it with a um, PT for your arm is less about something you're trying to get to and more about something you're putting into place in your life. And doing it right now. I mean, I think that's the other thing that you're, you're saying is that um, you don't, you don't want to say, okay, by December, 2020, I'll have accomplished X, Y, Z. What you want is, is you write something that you can put in place right now. That's going to make a change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, well, I have one. Oh, good. 
think, yeah, um, actually, a lot of things have been happening in my life in the last month and a half. On Christmas Day, I decided to put um, a couple exercises into place. And um, I was doing a lot of dishes that day, um, helping out in the kitchen, a variety of different things. So I was very busy on that day um, with the community. But these exercises really held me on that day. And I, I'll just share one of them with you today. One, that one is to live as if this were the last week of my life. And by that, I don't mean to say, I think I might die in a week. And mm -hmm. if I want to get my act together. Um, and it doesn't mean to change necessarily what I'm doing and do something different. Um, there was one of the saints who died like in their teens. I'm not, I don't remember exactly if it was John Berkman's or someone like that. And they said, someone said to him, if you knew that you were going to die in an hour and he was in recreation, so he was playing some kind of a game, um, would you change what you're doing? Thinking that probably since he was a holy guy, he would stop and go to chapel and pray. Right. Said, no, because this is God's will for me right now. And this is what I would stay doing. So we're not talking about changing what we'd be doing necessarily where I was beginning to look at it in um, a different way. <clears throat> and and um, it's hard to explain, but I felt as if everything I got to do that day, exactly as it was, everything that was asked of me to do, um, suddenly became a privilege. Mm -hmm. So this may be the last time I get to do dishes for my sisters. Or I was walking on the way to chapel down the whole hallway and I was, this is maybe the last time I get to walk down this beloved hallway of our convent. And I was just overcome with gratitude that I had a roof over my head. I had a community of nice people to live with. You know, I had lived for the last 40 years my religious life in, in a wonderful community. I was just filled with this gratitude. Um, I looked down and we have a nativity set uh, in our entrance. And as I passed it, instead of just walking past it saying, oh, that's pretty, mm -hmm. I, I stopped and this may be the last time I see this nativity on this earth. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped and adored Jesus. Um, I saw one of our novices and instead of, you know, walking by her and into the chapel and figuring out, figuring she knows what she's doing um, as one of the sacristans, I stopped and I just rejoiced from the inside at the gift that that novice is to me. Um, shortly after I was writing an article and I stopped this could be the last time I get to write to others about God. What do I want to say? What is the one thing that I absolutely need to say before I die? And um, I, I, somehow it just became like an open avenue to this depth that I hadn't experienced before. Yeah, and it really does um, 
shed a new light on, on that expression, living in the moment, you know, that everyone talks about, but few people really attain, but it sounds like it brought you immediately and irrevocably into the moment. Yes. There's almost like, um, okay, there's an endless future, a year, if we're going to look at resolutions for a year, mm -hmm. or there's just this endless unknown future till the day I die. But suddenly as I was doing this, I didn't have a future. I had this moment. Right. It came up and I had 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, I got to really rejoice that I could serve my sisters. Instead of saying, I wish someone else would help me do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so honored that I had the possibility of washing someone's dishes and um and I, I felt so happy i felt so light i was softer um i felt um gentler i had this feeling of affection in my heart that a lot of times you know i'm just oblivious to because i'm thinking of everything else mm -hmm. but that one blessed thing i get to do you know, I get to do right now. I have to say, you're reminding me of something, and this is something that we've um, spoken of, I think, in, in many different um, times and places. But I am reminded every January about Gabrielle Bossif, um, who wrote He and I, that's an amazing spiritual classic from which last year we, we took, um, we made into a devotional at, at Pauline Books and Media. Um, and, and just to remind you, to remind anyone listening, um, Gabriella kept this spiritual diary. And at the beginning of the year, um, Jesus would give her what he called keynotes, which were sort of a theme for the year. And, um, and so I revisit that. I tend to revisit that every year and see if there's a theme there that makes sense for me for the year. Um, but what, what you're reminding me of is, is one of the, one of the keynotes is just, it's three words and it's, it's so beautiful. It's purely and simply. And to me, that's exactly what you just described. This being in this pure moment, this simple service to others, this, um, this purity of purpose, because, because this may be the last time you get to do any of these things. Um, to me, really echoes that particular keynote. Is so that because it does simplify things. I don't have to worry about everything else I need to do in the apostolate or whatever it may be scheduling. I just have the honor of this one thing. Right. Um, and I love that idea of the purity of purpose because you know we all have those little um, nagging things that bother us. You know. So-and-so in the family doesn't put their laundry in a laundry bin. <laughs> or someone at work doesn't clean out the coffee pot. Or someone always is late getting me the report. Or one of my kids never calls me, and I always have to call him and he's never home. Or whatever it may be. We all have those um, nagging pains, wounds, mm -hmm. you know, that we carry. And they tend to become this dark, depressing without realizing it, weight that we carry around and living purely and simply, you know, the honor of simply, you know, um, 
being able to call my son even if it's not home, not even if he's never home. But the honor of being able to do that is an act of love, no matter what the result is. Right. That, it just changes everything about the day, about why I'm doing it, about how I'm fulfilled and satisfied in doing it, how I'm in the presence of God in doing it. And it, it goes to motivation also, doesn't it? Because um, too often, I think, at least I, I can speak for myself in saying this, New Year's resolutions um, can often have some sort of subtext that has nothing to do with what I think it has to do with. And, and, and a, just a sort of parallel, we might think about someone who during Lent decides to give up chocolate. Well, it may be because they want to deprive themselves, but they may also want to lose weight. And so there, there's like this hidden motivation sometimes in the things that we think are kind of, oh, this is a great thing for my life. This is the direction in which I want to live. But if you're living purely and simply, if you're really taking that to heart, then those, those secondary motivations just disappear because, because you're distilling your love for, for God and for, and for your family and for your community um, into, this, into this sort of pure, beautiful, simple way of approaching life. Mm-hmm. And then everyone around me it appears beautiful. Right. And every job, every task that I have to do, becomes a wonder, a mystery, a joy. Um, even if it's one of those nastier ones that we don't like to do. Exactly. It also becomes something beautiful. Um, I, I've, I've noticed that, um, as, as you know, and some of our listeners know some years ago, I um, spent a great deal of time with an elderly woman who toward the end of her life had hospice workers coming in. And I was just so amazed to observe the love and the caring and the kindness in these people um, who who never had a, anything but a smile, never had a harsh word, never no matter how difficult the task. And I saw that in, in them as well, that there's this inner something that I, I believe, of course, is inspired by God, but there's this inner something that allows you to see the beauty in a person or an event that other people can't see the beauty in. Yes, they can almost touch it. It's not yes. that they know it um, in their minds, like, okay, I'm in the enlightened crowd and I know God and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's that moment where you touch something that transforms you, that right. pulls you over. Right. Wonder, wonder. Right. Well, speaking of that, I don't, I don't want to monopolize our podcast with Gabrielle Vassi, yeah. but I do want to share another um, one of her, her keynotes because it's, it, it, it flows from what you were just saying, um, which is serve, find your joy in serving God and your neighbor. And that's really what you were speaking to is that there's this, it's not a thought, it's a feeling, it's joy. It's finding my joy in washing the sister's dishes or in um, serving my husband's meal or in changing my baby's diapers or in whatever it is that God's calling you to in that moment. As you said, you know, the, the, the saint who said, no, I'm called to be right here, right now in this moment, no matter if I die tomorrow. Um, 
to find joy in knowing that I am where God wants me to be. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners, you know, you also may be wondering, um, what is the exercise that you may want to start, um, you know, testing, you know, test it for a week and begin to notice what changes and what shifts in your own life. And um, you also will begin to discover maybe a theme from last year, how you can like encapsulate last year in a theme, but also a keynote for you going forward. And you might, right. um, it might be one of the keynotes that Jesus gave Gabrielle Bosis that we just spoke about. It may be something from scripture, something you hear in a homily, in a song, in a book out of, from a friend. Um, but as we begin January, as we begin 2020, as we begin a new decade, um, begin to think maybe um, on the terms of exercising and putting into place um, different things that strengthen you so that you can be present to how God will operate in your life going forward. And then we'll, of course, we'll be back again next week. And we have a couple other exercises that we've been trying out that we can share and talk about. Um, but it'll be a whole month, I think, of just really setting the next decade on a good, firm foundation. That sounds good to me, sister. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeanette, and have a beautiful week. God bless. God bless. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you are not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.